If there really is an epidemic of roving bands of racist white cops hunting down innocent black men, why does BLM have to lie to us so much to get us on their side? Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Hemlock Podcast. My apologies for not having an episode last week. I uh, had some scheduling conflicts and ended up just not happening. So uh, we're going to be doing, like I said, Fridays uh, every week from here on out. Going to be talking about Black Lives Matter again. Um, that was one of the first things that uh, kind of got a wave of hate sent my way when I first started talking about it back in uh, episode two or three, I think. And... Um, and there's been a lot in the news about that with um, Derek Chauvin's trial. He was the guy that uh, had the knee on the neck of George Floyd. Uh, we've got Dante right now and then Adam Toledo uh, all in the news recently. I'm going to break down each and every one of those stories because there's a lot of lying about it happening. And that's kind of what breaks my heart. But we'll get into that in a sec. Um, First of all, thank you for watching. Um, appreciate you coming back. Uh, number one, support us on Locals. Become a financial supporter. That is a huge help to myself and my wife. I'm trying to make a living off doing podcasts. Um, so go become a supporter at thehemlockpodcast.locals.com. Uh, make sure to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. That helps out a ton as well. Um, save 40 bucks on your first good food box. Good food is a grocery like subscription delivery box. Phenomenal, fine dining quality meals. Um, super, super good. Save yourself 40 bucks on that. And, uh, if I talk about any books today, I might mention a couple books today. Um, if I, if I do, I'll throw those links in the description. So go ahead and buy those through the links there and uh, that'll support the podcast as well. So <clears throat> want to get into my intentions for doing this episode because like I said, hot button topic. There's a lot of there's a lot of emotion. There's a lot of very real, very felt wounds and and controversy around this whole subject. Um, this whole subject of police brutality and and racist cops. Um, and so, my intention when talking about this is I'm not I'm not sticking up for white people. Um, I don't hate black people. I don't hate Hispanic people. Um, I really don't have a racist bone in my body. I really don't. I know that's I apparently a racist for saying that these days. I don't care. Um, my intention is that it's because I love all people that the truth has to win. The truth has to win. Because right now, if, if people in the black community are being lied to by people with a clearly defined political agenda, like I think is happening, that there's just a bunch of racist white cops hunting down innocent people, right? Just walking down the street, driving while black, whatever it is. Um, and you're just going to get murdered for that. That perpetuates real life fear. I have friends uh, in Canada here that are terrified of going to the States because they, that's a real, that's a, that's a real belief for them. Um, and looking at the stats, which I broke down in episode two, I think, um, that's just not true. Right. And we'll get into some of the some of the causes some of the root causes of this whole police brutality issue uh, and what I think are the real causes behind it and what the stats back that up to be. Not what I as some white guy think, um, but even breaking down the examples BLM keeps deciding to push. Um, you can look at the root causes and the commonalities behind all these. And it isn't that you have racist white cops just hunting down innocent people. That's just not the case. It's just not. And if it was. I'd 100%, I'd 100% call it out as well myself. Um, but I just want the truth to be known because when you're perpetuating false fear, that leads to real life problems. You look at Dante Wright, who tried to escape cops in the same city George Floyd was killed in last year. Maybe he did that because he just didn't think he would get justice in the system. 
Uh, and so he tried to outrun police and that's what led to, to his shooting. Um, and that's not to dampen the responsibility of the cop that shot him because I'm going to get into to her fault and her role in that. Um, but it perpetuates real life fear and real world consequences. And if that's based on a lie by people who have a political agenda that are just lying to the public to gain power and to gain money, then I have a problem with that. And I want truth to reign. And that's why I have no problem with people calling me out to try to correct me. Had a lot... I have no stake in this game. My bias is that I want truth to reign. My bias is that I, I think there's a bunch of Marxists running around lying to people, trying to destroy our society to take power for themselves. And maybe that sounds paranoid. Um, but that's what I that's what I see a lot of the time is people just looking for power, looking for people to break down the system, seize power for themselves, whether it's BLM, whether it's Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, whether it's Trudeau, whatever it is. Um, we are seeing some of the fundamental fabric of our society ripped apart by people just looking to increase their own power and trample on the rights and freedoms of, of a free society. Um, so let's jump into it. Um, going with the most recent example, Adam Toledo. And this is a tragic, it really is a tragic story. Adam Toledo is a 13-year-old kid. Um, this is what basically what happened is, and I've watched all the videos I could find on this, watched a bunch of different breakdowns from it. Um, actually officer Tatum, Brandon Tatum, he's a great, he's actually a, uh, not that it matters again. He's black. He's a former cop. He breaks down the whole story, uh, very fairly. So I recommend you watch officer Tatum's video on YouTube, um, breaking down this entire set of events. But, um, what happened is at around two 30 in the morning in Chicago, uh, a 13 year old boy was walking around with a 20 year old, 21 year old man. Um, and the 13 year old boy whose name was Adam Toledo, uh, either he or his, compatriot let off around eight shots at 2 30 in the morning near an intersection cops were called it ended up in a foot chase the cop chased down adam toledo through a black through like a dark alley um you can see all this in the video and he tells him to stop running stop effing running and then very briefly you see a flash of a gun as the cop says hey drop it put your hands up drop it drop it and what ends up happening, you can tell this from hindsight, is that Adam Toledo takes the gun out of his pocket and flicks it behind a fence. As he's raising his hands, he turns around, raises his hands, and he gets shot. That happens in, in 0.8 seconds. In eight-tenths of a second, the cop had to decide whether he wanted to go home and see his kids that night. Um, that's tragic, and it was tragic that Adam Toledo was surrendering, because that's the, that's the photo you see, of course, it's him with his hands up. Uh, and that's, even CBS News showed a video that cropped out the part where you see his see the gun as he pulls it out of his pocket. They just show him turning around and raising his hands. That happened in, in eight-tenths of a second. And, and of course that's tragic. The kid is 13 years old, and he was surrendering, but... He did so in a way where he's trying to like get rid of the gun so they wouldn't find it. So he didn't look like he was going to get charged with possession as well. Um, but to treat that as like a racist shooting is so disingenuous. There's nothing in the video that gives any indication of, of it being a race-based example of police brutality. The cop actually then, it's kind of, it's heartbreaking. The cop then spent the next five, 10 minutes administering CPR himself, calling for a medical kit, calling for an ambulance. Um, did everything to save this kid. He only took one shot. Some of these examples you'll see, like, they'll take multiple shots. He took one shot at this kid because he thought as he was turning around, he saw the flash of a gun and the kid turning around. That's all he saw happened in literally less than a second. So I see all these people going like, oh, yeah, trying to, like, 
like watered down the series of events by saying the kid was guilty of something. Did anything the kid do deserve dying that night? No, he was actually trying to surrender. It's tragic, right? But when you're running around at 2.30 in the morning with a gun in your hand and you're letting off shots out of who knows what, um, that stuff can happen. And that split second decision is the difference between the kids surrendering and all being fine and maybe the cop getting shot that night. The cops just out there trying to protect the community because there's kids running around at 2.30 in the morning shooting around the neighborhood. Like, the cop's just trying to maintain safety and he thinks he himself is about to get shot and he has less than a second to decide. It's a tragedy. But to treat this as a race-based thing, make this make this white cop out to look, he was just hunting down this innocent kid, is just not true. It's just not true. Um, and he then tries to save them, save him for the next five to 10 minutes. So that's the thing I just don't understand is why do they have to keep lying about all these incidents and saying these, all these, race, these are all race-based? And then I get into this conversation, this is actually with... Uh, uh, who <laughs> so a guy who I thought was a good friend of mine, um, and uh, we used to be pretty close. And I've just had nothing but like, but hate. And he just tries to demonize me all the time. He calls me out all the time. We kind of go back and forth on politics here and there. And um, and so I'm just gonna read you a bit here because uh, he posts this thing saying all cops are bastards in relation to this shooting, which is just such a twist, such a twist. This cop did everything he could to save this kid because he thought he was gonna get shot himself and he had less than a second to decide whether he was gonna go home to see his family that night. Um, so he accuses me, and this is what, what I find so disingenuous about this whole, the other side of the aisle, this this whole conversation is, he accuses me, he, goes, he literally says, damn, how does that boot taste, man? Is him on boot looking cops, right? What, <laughs> like what possible motivation would I have for like sucking up to the police? In, for, in Minneapolis, there's no, I, have, I would have no motivation to suck up to cops for for just like no reason. Like I'm just like, why? What, what's the point of me doing that? There is none. Um, but that's what he accuses me of. Um, and then he tries to frame this as like, yeah, the kid was surrendering, had, had his hands up when he was shot. Well, he didn't. Less than a second before, he had a gun in his hand. Less than a second before. And he turned around on the opposite side of his body to either raise his hands or to shoot the cop. And it's very, very, really, it's like very, very tough to decide which was about to happen if you're the cop. And if you have an ounce of empathy or an ounce of grace, you go, look, that's a really tough, really, really, really hard decision. Um, but to demonize this cop and say it's never justified shooting a kid, if the kid's about to shoot you and you have less than a second to ascertain whether he's about to do that based only on the knowledge that he's running away from you with a gun at 2.30 in the morning after letting off eight shots. And then he tries to, tries to frame me. I can't wait for you to justify the murder of a kid. <laughs> Not trying to justify the murder of a kid. Do I think murdering kids is awful? Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> Obviously. This whole thing is so brutally heartbreaking. But the fact that we're making a conversation about a racist white cop when there's no evidence of racism and it's an incredibly tough situation, there's no way he could have known the race of the kid. There's no way he could have even known this. He was a kid. He was 13 years old. There's no way he could have known that. You're chasing around someone with a gun at 2.30 in the morning who just let a bunch of shots off in a neighborhood. How is the cop supposed to know any of that? Um, it's so disingenuous to treat this like that um, and then demonize someone like myself, because this is happening to a lot of people who kind of lean on the conservative side or at least defending the cop, um, that I'm justifying the murder of a child without looking at anything the kid was doing. Not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to treat this with like an ounce of truth and actually look at what happened. And the amount of ideological possession it takes 
to look at this and look at the video and actually break down because he did and still come out with the conclusion he did just shows me like right now the left side of the aisle is not interested in truth some of them are. I think there's a lot of even more, more of the classically liberal people that are looking at this like, this is insane. Why do we keep twisting these things to just shove them into a narrative um, <laughs> to fit a political agenda? And I just think that truth has just been shoved to the wayside of our entire society, that you can't even confront people with facts, even if you have a literal video showing that. They're still going to make it about race. All cops are still bastards, even though... It looked like a moment, and you have less less than a split second to decide whether this kid is surrendering or whether I myself am going to go home in a body bag and I don't get to go home to see my family because I was trying to keep a neighborhood safe as a cop. Unbelievable to me. Um, And I welcome this person. You know who you are if you're listening. Jump on the podcast anytime because I'd love to talk to you about this. There's a whole bunch of crap that can happen when you're messaging people. I welcome you. I would relish a real-life conversation with you because I don't think anything that you're saying holds up in light of the facts and in light of the truth. Um, And the fact that you want to glorify yourself, make yourself look good on social media by twisting something and lying about it is disgusting to me. Um, Dante Wright, which is what... And the the fact that this is all happening around uh, the trial of Derek Chauvin during George Floyd is, is, is crazy to me. It just, I don't know what's going on here there's the conspiratorial part of me that wants to go this is just i don't know what's happening there seems to be like an agenda behind even that um the fact that this all gets in the news around the whole george floyd trial of Derek chauvin um dante wright again this is another example again this is tragic dante wright got shot he died he was shot by a female cop who thought she was holding her taser apparently and from the video again can i know if she's telling the truth but Literally, you can watch the video yourself. All my sources are always linked. Um, she literally pulls out. She goes, taser, taser, taser. And she shoots. And she goes, holy shit, I just shot him. That's what she says. Um, she sounds totally shocked. So is she in the wrong? Because she's holding her gun instead of a taser. And those are two things. Of an, I don't know. I actually just got my uh, my restricted uh, possessions and acquisitions license, my, my gun license in Canada here. Um, if you know anything about the difference between weight of a handgun and a taser, a handgun is much heavier, um, feels totally different in the hand. And if you can't tell the difference in a high pressure situation, you should not be a cop. I'm not justifying what she did. She, she actually, she resigned willingly. If she didn't, she should have been fired and she probably should go to, I, I think she is going to trial. Uh, she should go to trial for at the very least involuntary manslaughter, but totally totally high pressure situation that she could not handle and if you cannot handle that she's 26 years in the force you should not be a cop you don't have the temperament for it and that's totally on her and that's totally messed up um but i keep saying even even from people like like fellow christian people who should be obsessed with the truth like we should be right you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you (laughs) you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free right um posting about this and again there's such an obsession with like looking like you're a noble virtuous person on social media by like jumping to the the side of the black community in this whole thing when the the, the people in the black community there are tons of people in the black community who don't have any sympathy for dante wright because he first of all had a warrant out for his arrest we'll get to that in a second uh and then he's resisting arrest the entire time he's trying to like run away from the cops when he's being arrested peacefully by a black cop by the way He's being peacefully arrested by a black cop. He would have survived the situation had he not resisted arrest. Being arrested by, put in handcuffs by a black cop. 
he would be alive today had he just complied. But, which is a situation that's common to almost every one of these examples that BLM brings up. That's what I'm astounded by. If there are racist cops, show examples of them. All this stuff that gets to the news, there's no examples of racism in them. Um, what you do have is you have, for some reason, all these, all these, these martyrs that we keep glorifying, almost worshiping in George Floyd's case, have criminal backgrounds and were resisting arrest when they got shot. That I, that don't think that deserves death, right? You don't, shouldn't get shot for anything. You should go to trial if you if you have a criminal record. But I'm not saying they deserved it. I'm saying it's tragic, and it, these are high pressure situations that none of the people criticizing these cops would be any better in themselves if they were in those scenarios. Um, but that's much more the commonality than them being black is criminal records and resisting arrest. Because the stats show, if you're white, same thing happens. More white people get shot by cops every year, even percentage-based, than, than black people do. Simply because that still that holds true. Criminal record, resisting arrest. Any race, you, you, you put yourself in a high-pressure situation where there are people with guns coming to arrest you, and you're resisting, and, and you, very often times they're armed, they get shot. And when they're unarmed, that doesn't mean innocent. And you have to be, just because you're unarmed doesn't mean you're not actively resisting arrest or you present a threat or you could present a threat, right? Which is the case of Jacob Blake, I think, was hiding a knife in his car um, after escaping and kidnapping the kids of a woman he sexually assaulted. But Jacob Blake was, again, martyred by this whole thing. He's still alive, actually. But we we canonized Jacob Blake and we canonized George Floyd and we canonized Dante Wright and we canonized Adam Toledo. All were men with criminal backgrounds of either sexual assault or drug abuse. George Floyd held up a woman in her own house. Jacob Blake sexually assaulted his his former girlfriend and was trying to kidnap her kids and, and had a knife in his car. Adam Toledo letting off shots at eight at two in the morning, running around a neighborhood shooting at what? Out of God knows what. I don't know. Dante Wright. Um, again, and we'll get into his story here. So this is this is from Daily Mail. Um, after Basically, he went to a party and these and these ladies let him stay, let him and his buddy stay at the house overnight. So from Daily Mail, I'm quoting them now. Dante Wright choked a woman and threatened to shoot her if he did not hand over $820 she had stuffed in her bra. Court papers obtained by DailyMail.com allege. That is the case that led to a warrant for his arrest at the time he was shot and killed by police officer Kimberly Potter in Minnesota on Sunday, leading to days of unrest. An online speculation that he did not know there was a warrant out for his arrest is false, DailyMail.com has learned. Because that was another thing I was saying. Oh, these warrant got sent to the wrong address, so he had no idea there was a warrant for his arrest. False. A letter returned to the court for having a wrong address was given notice of a court date in August and had nothing to do with his warrant. Wright was allegedly pulled over for having expired license plate tags, although he called his mother and told her it was for having an air freshener hanging on his rearview mirror. That was the other thing going around. He got arrested for having air fresheners in his mirror. Not true. He had expired license plate tags. Like expired license plate tags. That's a traffic infraction. I've gotten in trouble for similar stuff, right? Um, and that can happen, right? He just wasn't looking after his stuff, wasn't looking after his, his insurance and registration, his, his tags were expired. Um, and then he lied to his mom, told him it was just for air fresheners. Um, while checking his details, Potter and other officers learned of the warrant. In the morning, one of the women went to the bank to get her $820 rent money, which she gave to the other woman and then left for work. As Wright driver, his, his buddy that also stayed the night, and the second woman were leaving, Wright allegedly tried to hold up the woman. The three of them were walking to the door to exit the apartment and defend it. Wright turned around and blocked the door, preventing the victim from leaving, says the report, written by Osseo police officer Shane Mickelson. Defendant Wright then pulled a black handgun with silver trim out from either his right waistband or his right coat pocket 
and pointed it at the victim and demanded the rent money, continued Mickelson. The victim said, are you serious? Defendant Wright replied, give me the effing money. I know you have it. When the woman again asked him if he was serious, Wright is said to have replied, I'm not playing around. Mickelson's report said the $820 cash was tucked in the victim's bra and defendant Wright placed his hand around the victim's neck and choked her while trying to pull the cash from under her bra. While trying to pull the cash from under her bra, note that for later, victim was able to get loose from defendant Wright and started to kneel down and scream. After more yelling, Wright allegedly told the woman he was going to shoot her unless he got the money. Give me the money and we will leave, he allegedly said. Give me the money and we will go. Mickelson added, defendant Wright then tried to choke victim a second time and tried to take her money. Defendant driver was telling her to give defendant Wright the money. So what happened? What happened, everyone, to being against sexual assault? What? Like, where are the Me Too people in this whole thing? Right? Um... This dude was committing armed robbery against well, like a helpless woman who was just trying to pay her rent, and then he sexually assaulted her while doing, while doing it. I don't know, reaching out to the bra of somebody, pretty sure that's sexual assault. So this whole narrative that like he was just driving while black, that's what they try to portray him. I don't, and again, none of this deserves the death penalty, just the cop deciding to execute this guy. That's not what I'm saying. The point is that we have everyone running around saying he got pulled over for air fresheners, he got pulled over just for being black. No, he had expired license tags, and he had a warrant up for his arrest for trying to rob at gunpoint and sexually assaulting a woman who was trying to pay her rent. That's disgusting. That's disgusting. And the fact that we try to frame this again as a race-based thing, when you look at and what she did, the cop that shot him, should not be a cop. That's her mistake, right? Unbelievable. Even and even the fact, even if I don't know, like <laughs> She first of all, she's holding a gun, and then the other officer like crosses the barrel, the line of the barrel, numerous times. So the fact, even if it's a taser, you're still aiming at your 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 other partner, which is crazy. So, anyways, she shouldn't be on the force, and what she did was totally wrong. But the fact that we try to frame this as like a race based, like what she's been in 26 years in the force, just waiting to shoot some poor black guy. Give me a break. This isn't a BLM moment. This isn't a race-based shooting. This is a tragic thing that happened when someone who had a criminal record, who had priors, who had a warrant out for his arrest and knew it, tries to resist arrest and run away. What's the point of running away? What, like you're just, oh, I got away once, so I'm just scot-free now. Go along with the arrest, and if you are innocent, you'll be let go, but I don't know, maybe he's scared of going to jail, so he wants to get away. You're not gonna escape for long, dude. Anyone who has criminal, just stop resisting. You do the crime, you do the time, but if you want to live, stop resisting. That's all it is. Even, and this whole, this is just, it's, I'm getting emotional because it's so tough to see people I know and love, uh, whether black or white. And what's interesting is all the criticism I'm getting for speaking up on this, on the truth of these matters is coming from white liberals, which astounds me. Um, Cause I have, I have a bunch of black friends who totally line up where I do, where it's just like, look, there's a lot of, the vast majority of black people are not criminals, obviously. They're doing fine. If you do not disobey the law and you do not resist arrest, you're not going to get shot by a cop. Are there like one in a million chances where that happens? I'm sure there are. None of the examples BLM has brought up is an example of that. Not, not that, and again, maybe I'm wrong on one of the two, one, one few examples of people we've canonized and, and brought into the, the limelight. Um, even Tamir Rice is one of the popular ones. Tamir Rice is 12 years old. That's tragic. But the kid was, he took the orange tip off of a, off of a gun, off of a fake gun, and then pointed at it at cops when they showed up. God, that's so horrific. That's so horrific that he was shot over that. 
that's a really tough scenario. You don't you show up as a cop. You don't know your, you don't know the kid's twelve. You don't know that what he has isn't a real gun. It's horrific, but it's not like it's a racist cop just shooting black people for fun. And if that was happening, we would see more clear examples of it. But we don't. So what is actually going on here? Even, even with George Floyd. Because that trial is going on right now. And if you're watching the trial, I've watched a bunch of the trial of Derek Chauvin's, the, the cop that was kneeling on the neck of George Floyd. And first of all, that was training in the Minnesota Police Department or the Minneapolis Police Department um, on how to subdue somebody is to have have your knee on their shoulder neck area as a way of subduing them. Um, because, and I've seen actually people reenact that, by the way. I've seen, there's a, there's a guy I follow on social media that literally reenacted having someone kneel on his neck for like eight, nine minutes, like it happened with George Floyd, and he was fine. Nothing happened to him. What might have happened, been more likely the cause of George Floyd's death, and this is true from the toxicology report, was that he had four times the lethal amount of fentanyl in his system when he was arrested. Again wasn't a death warrant. The cop was not trying to kill him, nor is there any shred of evidence it was race-based. He was using counterfeit money. He was frantic. He was high out of his mind, and he was resisting arrest. He, even said, he was saying, I, I can't breathe, way before Derek Chauvin's knee was ever on him. He was saying it in the car. I'm claustrophobic. Get me out of here. He starts to kick a cop while I was trying to put him in the back seat. I'll open the sunroof for you. Like They're trying to accommodate him. Um, but again, resisting the whole time, had his knee on the neck, and then has a crowd starting to turn against him. Um, again, high pressure situation, cops making the best calls he can from his training. It's literally in the training, that knee in the neck thing, which if that may, that's probably, maybe that's poor training. I don't know. I'm not a cop. If that's dangerous, let's change that. I'm totally with you on that. But again, to just blatantly ignore facts in pursuit of a race-based narrative discredits the entire narrative. I had a friend call me out saying I'm trying to downplay racism. I had people on Instagram trying to say I'm downplay ra- No, I'm not. But when you keep lying about instances that are not racist, saying that they are racist, you hurt the people who are trying to give examples of real racism because no one believes them anymore. The boy who cried wolf. You keep lying over and over and over again saying this is because of racism, this is because of racism, when there's never a shred of evidence to point towards that. That ends up in people not believing you when there is examples of real racism and it leads to people having a totally unhealthy and undue amount of fear against cops who are not actually about to like out there to kill them because the stats just don't bear that out. You are causing real black lives to get killed. You are causing black people to lose their lives and be unduly afraid by lying to everyone, to lying to white people, lying to black people, lying to Hispanic people. The media and the left side of the aisle, and obviously the right side of the aisle lies too. I'm not saying they don't. I'm saying in this instance, there's just so much disingenuous nonsense, so much deceit going around. Um, and I'm sick of it. I love everybody. I don't want to see anyone committing crimes or getting killed for crimes that don't warrant it. So I want to see people commit less crime and I want to see less resisting arrest so that you would live to maybe go through some jail time, sure, but that you would live and have a chance to make make a better life for yourself. Um, because all these instances, criminal record, resisting arrest, does that deserve death? Hell no, hell no. And every one of these instances are tragic and they break my heart. But to lie about them is only gonna get more people killed. It's 
only going to get more people killed. The riots last year, the BLM riots, killed killed a bunch of black people. David Dorn was a black former cop, and he got involved in the riot. He was trying to fight against it and stick up for people, and he got killed because of this. Black people are getting murdered because of the lies BLM is perpetuating. So... To attack me as a racist is ridiculous. To attack anyone speaking out on this in defense of the cops in the situations, it's not because we're racist. It's because we love everyone. I don't want to see anyone killed. I don't. I don't want to... You live by the sword, you die by the sword. Right? I'm not saying... <laughs> I can't answer this so many times. I'm not saying any of these, any of these people deserve death. But when you're running around committing sexual assault and, and sticking people up and, 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 and fighting cops when you're being arrested for, for the stuff that you actually have done, I got to keep it real, you are going to put yourself in danger of being shot. That's just the way life is. I, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. I'm just so sick of seeing people I, I know and love. Either they're, they're so uninformed that they perpetuate the lie or they're just... They continue to lie even after they've been confronted with the truth. And I don't know what to do about it except talk about it. So that's what I'm doing. <laughs> I honestly have nothing I have nothing to gain from this. I've only been attacked over this stuff. There's a few people that have supported me um, in saying this kind of stuff. And God bless, like my wife is is my wife is my best friend and she utterly supports me. And I have a lot of really good close friends that have supported me. Um, and I've gotten a lot of um, messages saying support, but I've gotten a really, I've really gotten attacked over this. I'm not whining about it. I knew that was going to happen, but I just think it's sad. I think it's sad when you have people that are so ideologically possessed of a lie that that even when confronted with the truth, they'll continue to perpetuate that lie, even though it ends up in hurting the communities they are apparently trying to save with their white savior liberal nonsense. Um, and so that's why I want to talk about it. And I think it, it, even more, I mean, you look at this whole, the BLM organization again, which I've criticized before. Um, what are they doing it for? Because so far you have, and this is actually, you can look at, I looked at their action report on the BLM website, still live, LinkedIn and sources. Um, has this money gone to the black community at all? There's a whole bunch in their action report saying they've committed to donate to all these different organizations. Um, committed to after all their expenses are paid. I know organizations have expenses, whatever. I don't fault them for that. But they've committed to doing any of this. I don't know if any of this has actually gone to those organizations. What I do know is that Patrice Cullors, one of his self-proclaimed trained Marxists at the head of the BLM, BLM organization, this is where I'm telling you, there's a political agenda. There's a there's a, there's a a reason this stuff is being perpetuated. Um, let me read you. Let's just read you straight from the Daily Mail. Um, the head of the New York City's Black Lives Matter chapter is calling for an independent investigation into the organization's finances after it was revealed a co-founder snapped up a $1.4 million home in a ritzy Los Angeles neighborhood. Patrice Cullors, 37, who is a co-founder of BLM and a self-professed trained Marxist, recently purchased a plush property in Topanga Canyon, complete with a separate guest house and an expansive backyard. It's amazing how, how quickly these, these self-proclaimed Marxists turn into capitalists when they start to see a little bit of cash, a little bit of cash flow. Um, <laughs> Topanga Canyon, 88% of residents are white and just 1.8% are black, according to the census. Meanwhile, 
The New York Post reports that Colors has also bought three other homes in recent years at a total cost of around $3 million. The AP reported that Black Lives Matter took in $90 million in donations last year, but it's not clear if or how Colors is paid by the organization as its finances are opaque. The news has angered Hawk Newsom, the, the head of the Black Lives Matter Greater New York City, who says a probe into Colors' finances are needed. If you go around calling yourself a socialist, you have to ask how much of your own personal money is going to charitable causes. He said to the publication, It's really sad because it makes people doubt the validity of the movement and overlook the fact that it's the people that carry this movement. Absolutely right. And so I agree with somebody from BLM. There you go. So the head of the New York branch of Black Lives Matter. Right on. Right? Um, <laughs> if you're going to be a socialist, at least be an honest socialist, right? Which apparently Patrice Cullors, she ain't. So let me wrap up by saying this, right? Show us the evidence. Because I've never, I've never said that racism still doesn't exist. I'm talking about, I've said systemic racism at like a national level, I don't think does. Um, it's not in the laws. And I've, I've even said before, I've clarified this before, that maybe independent police departments around in certain neighborhoods, certain cities, whatever, maybe they are, right? If that's happening, show us the real examples. If, there, if this is such a broad problem... Why are you using so many examples that aren't evidence of that? That's what seems to give the lie to the whole movement is that you have to keep lying and twisting things that aren't examples of racism by pretending they are. And so just show us the evidence. If, if there really is an epidemic of racially motivated police violence, show us a clear example of that. I'll wait. Happy to see it. But until then, stop lying to people. Because all you're doing is perpetuating fear. You're hurting black communities. You're getting black people killed. And I frankly am sick of it. Because you want to pursue some bizarre socialist, communistic, moronic vision of humanity. Stop it. If that's real, if communism or Marxism or socialism or whatever you want to call it by, oh, there's differences between all those. I get it. If any of those are worth anything, get to them honestly. Prove to us they're better. They're worth it. Because so far, they've only proved that they can get millions of people killed, just in case you hadn't picked up a history book in a while. But if you're going to try to implement them again... You shouldn't have to lie about everything. You shouldn't have to shut down the truth. You shouldn't have to banish people off Twitter and shut down entire social media organizations like Parler um, because you're scared the truth might get out. Because you're scared that the truth gives the lie to your entire movement. Shouldn't have to do that if it's worth anything at all. So stop lying about it. Show people some real evidence. If you can't, maybe take a long, hard look in the mirror and see if what you're fighting for is worth fighting for at all. And let us know when you're ready to rejoin reality. Thanks for listening to the Hemlock Podcast, y'all. Make sure to share, like, subscribe, all that stuff. Please share, for the love of God. Share a ton. I saw so many people that I know and love just, just falling for it, falling for the narrative. And the truth needs a megaphone. The truth needs a much louder voice right now. So please, please share this with friends. Um, you see people posting about this stuff. Send them the podcast. Hopefully this can enlighten a few folks. And I uh, uh, love all of you for doing it. So see you next week. Peace. 
Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this week's Hemlock Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share it with your friends and family. Tell them to subscribe because if you loved it, then they're going to love it too, obviously. Also, head on over to iTunes to leave us a five-star rating and review. That helps us a lot with the charts. And if you're not going to leave us five stars, then forget about it. Don't worry about it and enjoy the rest of your day. Lastly, head on over to the hemlockpodcast.locals.com to become a supporter and receive access to exclusive content and ad-free versions of the Hemlock Podcast. Love you so much for listening. Let's continue to ride out this increasingly insane world with irreverence and joy. This is your host, Patrick Jolliker, and much love, y'all. Peace.